Here we go with episode 100. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 100. Yes, 100. Episode 100. This is it. I mean, it's not over, but this is a big deal. 100. That's a big number. Kind of surreal for me, to be honest. I'm surprised, grateful, proud, and excited all at the same time. (sighs) Before we go any further, let me introduce myself. My name is Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I'm your communication coach, and I'm the founder of Talk About Talk. For a few months now, people have been asking how I'm going to commemorate the 100th, the centennial episode of Talk About Talk. I consider doing a top 10 list. Maybe the top 10 episodes or the top 10 learnings, but a top 10 can drag on. Am I right? So, surprise, surprise, I'm going with the power of three. If you listen to Talk About Talk or if you subscribe to the email newsletter, you know that I reference, I talk about, the power of three a lot. I encourage you to leverage the power of three, and I will do the same. Looking back at 100 episodes, all the research, all the interviews, all the learning, if I can narrow it down to three key communication insights that have meant the most to me and that I hope will help you, then that's what I got to do. These three insights, three meta-themes, if you will, actually came pretty easy for me. These are communication skills or mindsets that I think can help anyone. No matter what stage in your career you're at, no matter what you do, professionally, personally, these three insights will help you. Before we get to that, though, I just want to say a few things to commemorate this 100th episode. Don't worry, it's not going to be a trip down memory lane. I'll be brief. I will keep it succinct. But let me just say, we have come a long way. When I first launched the Talk About Talk podcast in December 2018, we were focused on communication skills in general, just about any context. Did you ever hear the trailer for the podcast? Well, here it is. Here's the thing. Whether online or in real life, we are all communicating all the time. Sometimes purposefully, but mostly not. Welcome to Talk About Talk with Dr. Andrea. In this podcast, we will learn about all things communication. I've built a career as a marketing expert focusing on one little subsection of communication. And I'm obsessed with learning more. Whether you're a chief marketing officer or just intellectually curious about how to become a better communicator, we all have so much to learn. Listen as Dr. Andrea and the experts she interviews share their expertise on body language, social media, coaching, how to use your voice, and more. You declare yourself when you walk into the room. Your body doesn't lie. Language is not just the means of communication. Language shapes what we think about reality, how we segment reality. If I say something wrong in the media and it gets published, I could knock $2 off the stock. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Go to talkabouttalk.com to join the conversation and to download all podcast episodes. Pretty cool, if I do say so. 
But I want to point out that this podcast has evolved a lot since then. When we talked about communication skills in general versus now, we are laser focused on communication skills for ambitious executives. I also want to point out that my talented brother, sound production engineer Brian Campbell, created this trailer, and in fact, he has done almost all of the sound production since then. So I want to say thank you, Brian. And whenever you hear fun sound effects or music, that's Brian. And beyond his technical audio expertise, he's also been incredibly supportive to me and offered me great advice. And yeah, sometimes a sibling shot in the arm or a kick in the you-know-what when I needed it. So thank you, Brian. Oh, hello, Brian. Oh, this is your friend, Brian. Hey, Brian. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Brian, what do you know about this? Nothing. There are two other people that I want to briefly thank before we get into the three communication insights. Of course, I had to narrow it down to three people. The power of three, right? So in addition to my brother, Brian, I also want to thank Andre Carnero. About two years ago, I was in a monthly Zoom meeting that I attend with podcasters from all over the world. We share ideas and advice with each other. It's really cool. Anyway, at this particular meeting two years ago, Andre asked if anyone could help him rebrand his podcast. Given my background in marketing, I put my hand up and we set up a separate Zoom call. I had no idea who Andre was, but I figured I could help him with rebranding. I soon learned that Andre lives in Brazil and he teaches at a university there and he has a successful agency, an analytics and Google ads agency, aptly called The Agency. Now, analytics and Google ads are something that I know very little about. Andre and I quickly became friends. We've met almost every week since then and helped each other with our businesses. Honestly, I have learned at least as much from him. So thank you, Andre. The third person I wanna thank is my friend, Sharon an incredibly generous and not surprisingly successful executive recruiter who's played a big role in helping me build my business. Over the past few years, Sharon and I have co-led many corporate workshops. People always say that Sharon and I feed off each other with our energy and our enthusiasm. It is a blast working with Sharon. You can hear some of Sharon's advice in podcast episodes 45 and 67 focused on networking. We're also planning a third episode coming up soon, focused on mistakes made by job seekers. Now, in addition to Brian, Andre, and Sharon, there are so many others who have encouraged and supported me along the way. I am so, so grateful for your feedback, for your support, your downloads, and your referrals. Thank you. I can't say that enough. I am truly grateful. I have to say, since we released that podcast trailer way back in December 2018, Talk About Talk has covered many, many communication topics, and I've had the privilege of interviewing medical doctors, actors and comedians, tech experts, CEOs, entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, opera singers, grief counselors, leading-edge university professors, and on and on. Over time, we have shifted from communication skills in general to being laser-focused on communication skills specifically for ambitious executives. As we've become more focused, monthly downloads have actually increased substantially, despite also switching from releasing episodes on a weekly basis 
to a bi-weekly basis every second week. I attribute this growth, this success, to many things, including that laser focus on communication skills specifically for executives, but also to my genuine interest in this topic and my sincere desire to help executives. I am truly honored to coach you, to help you succeed, and to help you amplify the impact of your work. You could say that I have found my happy place. One of the most common comments that I get from Talk About Talk podcast listeners is how they appreciate how I summarize the main learnings at the end of each episode. So I figured that after 100 episodes, I should summarize my own key learnings. And I'm really excited to share these with you. All right, here we go. The top three most important communication insights. All three of these insights are things that I knew long before I started podcasting. But these are the three insights that really stood out for me. I guess you could call them underrated skills. Things that I hope you'll consider every time you're preparing a speech or a presentation, creating a podcast episode, writing an email, when you're sitting in a meeting, online or face-to-face, or whether you're just engaging in small talk with colleagues. Whatever the communication scenario, these three insights are worth your attention. Are you ready? If I could only share three things with you, these are the three communication insights. Number one, keep it short. Number two, it's not about you. And number three, adopt a growth mindset. That's it. So number one is keep it short. Number two, it's not about you. And number three, adopt a growth mindset. Now let me briefly briefly elaborate on each of these. So the first one is keep it short. In other words, brevity is king. Of course, we've all heard this before, right? But it's not easy. There's plenty of evidence out there that shorter is better. Starting with that guy or that gal at work who goes on and on in the meeting, get to the point. Or that article that you're considering reading but then you scroll down and you see it's not really an article, it's a dissertation. Or when you consider listening to a podcast episode, but then you notice it's an hour long. That's a lot of time to devote to a podcast episode. And when I look at Talk About Talk podcast statistics, there's a clear correlation between the length of an episode and its number of downloads. Shorter episodes have more downloads. Similarly, shorter and more focused email newsletters have more clicks and more engagement. But this insight is not just for talk about talk. There's a reason why TED Talks are capped at just 18 minutes. And there's a reason why we talk about the power of three as opposed to the power of 10 or the power of 25. It's three. People appreciate brevity. Whether you're a podcaster or a business executive or whatever, you've probably heard and read that we all have short attention spans. You literally have a few seconds, maybe even microseconds to draw people in, or they will tune you out. Bye-bye. Furthermore, we are inundated with an abundance of information. Our cognitive load, the quantity of information and the number of decisions that we need to make every day, our choices of what to do, never mind what to pay attention to, is overwhelming. So we need to keep it short. And despite all this, 
I have to be honest with you. I'm tempted literally every day to share with my audience everything I know. But I realized over the past few years that focusing the message is a much more effective way to teach and to coach. Focus means impact. Now, of course, there are exceptions. I think of my friend Anne Muehltaller, whom you've heard on this podcast share her expertise on personal style and on being mindful. Her newsletters and her podcasts are lengthy, but they are chock full of quality content. Clearly, she respects our time. Ditto the Pivot podcast with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. That's my favorite podcast. It's usually around an hour, and I listen to every episode. But these are the exceptions. In some instances, be it a presentation, a podcast episode, an article, or a newsletter, sometimes the long form is ideal. But I really think this is an exception. And as I keep telling myself, I can always go long form when I write my book. But then again, even book editors encourage authors to cut, 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 don't they? It's all about respecting your audience. How many times have you thought, gosh, this presentation or this meeting or this article or whatever is going on way too long? It's common, right? But how many times have you thought, that presentation or meeting or article was too short. It just doesn't happen. It's about respecting your audience. Time is a valuable resource. I think about this when I'm outlining a new podcast episode. Say it's 30 minutes long. Is it worth someone's attention for 30 minutes? If not, I'll cut it down or I'll change the script to make it more impactful. And I encourage you to do the same thing. If you're creating a presentation or a speech, or even if you're writing an email, ask yourself, what's my one key message? Keep it short and keep it focused. So that's the first key communication insight. Keep it short. Brevity is king. The second key communication insight is, it's not about you. This insight is something that I've tried to focus on for my entire career. Way back when I was a brand manager at Kraft Foods, one of my pet peeves was what I called myopic marketers. When marketers are being self-focused instead of being consumer-focused, they use the word I a lot. It's like they lack that empathy gene and they're being selfish. When I was a student at Harvard Business School and then when I was on the faculty at the University of Toronto teaching in the MBA program, I noticed that without exception, the best teachers were relentlessly focused on the students and their wants and needs as opposed to some of the other faculty members that were focused on their own perspective and making themselves look good. I notice it sometimes now with podcasters, either in their actual podcast episode or even in social media. They'll say something like, in this week's episode, we talk about whatever the topic is, and it's we and me and I, as opposed to making the announcement about the listener and why they might want to take the time to listen, what they'll get out of it. This is tough though. We are wired to be focused on ourselves. We are inherently self-interest seeking. Not self-interest seeking with guile, not most of the time, but we're focused on ourselves and our best interests. Instead, I encourage you to be other directed. It's not about you. And it may seem ironic, but when you make it about the other person, 
the person you're communicating with, you are more likely to succeed. But I'm not talking about being manipulative here. I'm talking about being genuinely empathetic and other-focused. Research shows that when you talk less and the other person talks more, they will like you more. And I talk about this all the time in the context of improving our listening skills. And when you're in a job interview, the more you can get the interviewer to talk, the more likely you are to get the job. Wow, such an amazing insight. After online corporate workshops, I sometimes get this comment. My favorite part of the workshop was the breakout groups. Wait, what? You mean when Andrea wasn't sharing her incredible insights with you? When I wasn't even on the screen? Yep. It's not about me. (laughs) My friend Sharon, whom I mentioned a few minutes ago, the successful executive recruiter, she is a master of making it about the other person. And she encourages us all to do the same, especially when you're networking. It's not about getting something. It's not even about reciprocity. It's about being generous. It's about what you can do for the other person. Ask, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Thank you, Sharon. Again, it's about being generous and it will fuel your success. Being other-focused will also help boost your own confidence. Say you're preparing for a presentation or a speech and you're feeling a bit nervous. Instead of focusing on yourself, on your nerves, focus on the audience. And this perspective can boost your confidence. So instead of being selfish and myopic, be generous, be empathetic, be a good listener. Track the ratio of you talking versus the other person talking. Change the subject back to the other person. Don't be that guy who talks about himself way too much. It's not about you. Got it? Okay, the first two communication insights are one, keep it short, and two, it's not about you. The third and last insight is to adopt a growth mindset. It's amazing how so many clients nod their head when I start talking about a growth mindset. Sure, it's a cliche. It's almost jargon. Everyone has a growth mindset these days. Am I right? Well, no, they don't. I have to tell you, if I had to choose one thing that will help you with your communication, with life, actually, it's that we should adopt a growth mindset. Yeah, I've saved the best for last here. Let me back up. What is a growth mindset? Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck does a lot of research on this phenomenon. She distinguishes between a person with a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. If you have a fixed mindset, you perceive yourself to have fixed skills, attributes, and abilities. So you're less likely to invest in yourself. You defend your status. You're focused on self-verification. On the other hand, if you have a growth mindset, you're curious, you improve, you're more comfortable with risks. You're okay with being wrong. You invest in self-improvement. You learn. Certainly, the research demonstrates that a growth mindset has many, many benefits, including seeking stretch goals, increased motivation, enhanced brain development, lower levels of stress, anxiety, and depression, improved relationships, and ultimately, improved performance. Here's how I define a growth mindset. 
It's pretty simple. Someone with a growth mindset knows what they know and they're keen to learn more. Let me say that again. I know what I know and I'm keen to learn more. Pretty simple, right? Simple yet powerful. From a communication perspective, I cannot overemphasize how much a growth mindset will help you. It sets the tone for your communication. You're a learner. You're open. You know what you know, and you're keen to learn more. And furthermore, a growth mindset will keep you relevant. Everything around us is always changing. So we need to change too. We need to learn. We need to embrace growth if we're going to succeed. We need a growth mindset. This will also help you when you feel a lack of confidence. If you adopt a growth mindset, you can handle just about any question. Recently, I've done a few open Q&A sessions on communication skills. How exactly do you prepare for that? Well, I wish you could be a fly on the wall and see what I do. This is the honest truth. Before I open my laptop to go on to these Zoom meetings for the open Q&A with Andrea, I close my eyes, I take a slow, deep breath, and I remind myself that I have a growth mindset. I know what I know, and I'm keen to learn more. And therefore, I can handle any question that comes my way. It's time to play I Got This. Hello, and welcome to I Got This. A growth mindset will not only just help elevate your confidence, but it will also prevent you from becoming arrogant. It's impossible to be arrogant if you have a growth mindset. People who are arrogant are defensive and closed, not growing. Gosh, it must be exhausting to have a fixed mindset. So a key advantage of a growth mindset is that it helps establish that ideal equilibrium between being nervous and being arrogant. I could go on and on with examples and advantages of a growth mindset. You can probably tell I'm pretty passionate about this. But let me just add one more thing that seems to be coming up a lot lately. When senior leaders in organizations exhibit a growth mindset, they demonstrate a desire to learn and yes, to make mistakes. Their openness and learning and that growth trickles down and creates a psychologically safe culture. These are the cultures, the environments that research shows again and again are top performing. The highest performing teams operate in psychologically safe environments that are created by leaders who openly communicate a growth mindset. Yes. So for all these reasons, I encourage you to adopt a growth mindset and communicate the fact that you know what you know, but you're keen to learn more. This growth mindset will keep you relevant It will help you with your confidence, and it will make you a better leader. Some suggestions for how to cultivate a growth mindset? Well, there are some easy ways to seek learning opportunities. Read. Take a course. Go to a lecture. Listen to a podcast. Fill your brain with new ideas. There are also other, more challenging things that you can do, like taking risks publicly admitting that you don't know the answer, reframing challenges as opportunities for growth, experimenting. Here's an easy place to start. Use the word learn as much as you can, and especially use the word learn in place of the word fail. 
And here's another suggestion. Seek feedback. My friend Sharon says this all the time. Feedback is a gift. If you have a growth mindset, you actively seek feedback. So speaking of feedback, if you have any for me, I would absolutely love to hear it. What do you think about these three key insights that I pulled from the first 100 Talk About Talk episodes? Do you remember the three insights? Number one, keep it short. Number two, it's not about you. And number three, adopt a growth mindset. Do you agree with these three insights? Is there another insight that you would add? Do you have any other suggestions for me going forward into the next 100 Talk About Talk episodes? As always, I would love to hear from you. Please email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. And that's it for the first 100. Thank you so much for listening. I really mean it. Thank you. And talk soon. Thank you.